hey, it's Amy with intuitivecoachingwithamy.com. And okay, if you're on my email list, you got this email this week from me. And um, I mean, the title was supposed to be Trust the Process. But of course, it was late at night. And I've been tinkering with it for two days straight. And I sent it without changing the title. But it, so the title is Miracles and Magic, which was the title of last week's installment. So if you're on my email list this summer, I or if you're not, this summer I've been doing a high vibe series. And I send an email once a week on how to keep your energy high. I think the tag on it was, hold on, because I think the tag was cool. Uh, spirit is amazing the way they work through me to do cool stuff. Um, so it was the High Vibe series and the, the notion behind the High Vibe series is because feeling good now creates a feel-good future. <clears throat> so the email this week was embrace the process. And I feel I'm all like, I'm obviously, if you listen to the show, you know, I'm obsessed with manifestation and what it means and how it appears in various spiritual traditions and how is it, how this whole process is explained. And so from time to time, I just kind of take a moment and lay it out in some form. I'm always talking about it. I believe in it strongly. I think it is a part of our power of being here is to be able to create what we want to create. And so I thought I would share the process here as I see it today. <laughs> and tomorrow it might be different. I literally read, I'm not kidding you, I probably read two, two to three books a week. Maybe not the whole book. Um, I usually target it towards whatever I am, whatever part of the process I'm most interested in. But I do at least one course a month that outlines this process. And I love hearing all the various teachers explain it and the different language and the different techniques and processes, whether it's meditation or visualization or tapping. I love hearing and learning about all of the process. And I do, I do have my own process, but I'm always willing to expand it. And I think if you are a person who is interested in manifestation, who enjoys the process of manifestation, I mean, we're always manifesting, but if you actively engage it, I would encourage you, listen to a lot of teachers. Now, do what you do until it stops working. And I'm not saying it's going to, but generally because we are meant to be expansive beings, it's good. You'll hit a point where something you did two months ago that was so effective suddenly is not working in the same way. And just see that as an opportunity to expand. And so I love that journey. It can be frustrating at times, I won't lie, but I love the journey of acknowledging, oh, there's somewhere where my consciousness needs to expand around this process. So here is the process. In the email, if you're on the list, if you're not, you can just go to my website and sign up and you'll get two intuitive messages from me a week. And then what if I'm doing a series? This was just for the summer. I didn't call it manifestation directly for the first time in, in an email. I called it the process because I think we're always creating what we want or we're creating what we don't want. So step one in the manifestation process, which I'll refer to as the process, is focus. And this is where you get really clear about what you desire. You already know, so don't be afraid to ask in detail and give your full attention to what you want. What I find is people are afraid either to ask in its entirety because they've built a whole story around why they can't have it, or they'll ask, and if they don't see the instant result, meaning 
Jesus, Buddha, the Virgin Mary, RuPaul hasn't knocked on their door and handed them their blessing, they decide not to give it their full attention. So give it your full attention as long as it takes. And then the next step is to believe. You can have exactly what you've asked for, but you got to release any energy and ways of being that go against your requested desire. So this is where you look at the messages of your inner critic. This is where you look at limited beliefs. This is where you look at habits and behaviors that go against what you want. This might be where you clean out some clutter in your life, emotional clutter, physical clutter, um, clutter in your schedule commitments that no longer serve you, relationships that no longer serve you. Believe it or not, all of that stuff gets in the way of you believing that you can have what you want. And this, I want to say this, I say it at the end of this article I wrote and sent it to my list. It's not a linear process. You're circling back and it's a dance, right? It's, it's a dance. It's, um, uh, my spirit guides are showing me the infinity symbol. It's it's circling back and circling back and back and returning. So you might start moving. You might do some, okay, I'll do a releasing exercise, okay? So you do that. You maybe do some forgiveness. And you're moving along, moving along, and you feel like, ah, it's right there. I know it's ready to manifest. I can feel it. And you realize, oh, there's some more limiting beliefs I need to let go of. Okay, let me come back to that. Or you manifest a big chunk of what you want, but maybe not the fullness. Maybe it's not stabilized. Maybe there's more to come. Then you circle back. So this one around believing, be willing to keep visiting it and keep visiting it as much as you need to. I heard a, I took a course randomly. It was a Saturday and I was like, I really want some clarity around this issue. And I Googled what I was wanting clarity around. And I came up with an Udemy course. It was cheap. It was 15 bucks. And, um, and she talked about this aspect of letting go and releasing and getting your, getting your mind and your being aligned with what you want. She talked about this as you don't have to keep revisiting it if you don't need to. She's like, do it to the degree to which you need to do so. Here's my thought around it. And, and I hold this is true. Until I get what I want, there's still some part of me that's believing I can't have it. So I'm going to keep revisiting whatever I need to until it manifests. So it's not just do a quick little releasing exercise once and now you're a multimillionaire. If you're holding a great deal of resistance and a great deal of limiting perspectives and limiting energy that blocks your flow to your millions of dollars, then why not keep looking at it? I, I think people people look at limiting perspectives and they have they, I think I think all this happens. I think first they're like, oh wow, wow, I didn't know I was thinking all that. That that's that's cool. That's cool. I'm ready to let that go. That's cool. Then they they might see a little bit of what they want manifest. They're feeling hella good. And then they realize, oh well, I need to go back in and look at some more limiting beliefs. And then they start looking at the really difficult ones the stuff that's been around a long time and they start to fight. <laughs> I had a, a wonderful, I taught this summer, I taught a class, which I, mean, I haven't taught class in years. And one of the gentlemen in the class, he said, Amy, I don't want to fight with you on this. Like he, he's not, it wasn't, he was very kind and very gentle soul. And, and I'm like, hey, I have no problem. That's my job to fight with people's egos all the time. You're not fighting with me and I'm not fighting with you. This is your egos getting pushed around a little bit. Yeah, the ego is going to fight like tooth and nail around this. And so you just have to go with it. And I'll tell you, as you're going through the believing process and letting go of the things you that don't serve you anymore, ways of being that probably never served you, ways of being that are keeping you stuck. Because so much of it was embedded in us in our childhood, in our younger years, it feels true. And here's the next layer to this, what we were talking about in the class, what we were going back and forth about. And it was, it was very, 
it was very insightful and very philosophical. And I mean, I just had two of the most just the people that actively showed up in the class were they were just sharpest, smartest. I mean, dream, dream group people. And so we could have these kind of higher level intellectual conversations, which was magnificent about ourselves, right? A bunch of nerds on the phone talking about spirituality and how do we, how do we overcome? And so um, one of the things we were discussing is a piece of, of something people generally say, and we, we, all three of us had taken it on at some point in our life. And I was challenging the group. Does that really apply to us? So what I mean by that is there might be a limiting belief that you're holding that feels so true, so real, because it actually does apply to somebody else, but it doesn't necessarily apply to you. And so that's where it starts to get tricky, right? Because you feel like, oh my God, Amy, I've been buying into this so long. Can it really be that this isn't true and this doesn't apply to me, but it applies to this person over here? Absolutely. And all you want to do is just be aware of it. Be aware of it and don't engage it. Because that's what we figured out. This, so this was my stop doubting school. Uh, by the end of the, the program, we just wrapped the last class, was that everybody on the call was doing the things they needed to do to get what they wanted already. They didn't need anybody to tell them. They were already naturally, that's their first thought, they were doing the thing. What was getting in the way was the back chatter. The, oh, you should have done more. Oh, you took a day off. You shouldn't have taken a day off. So, so the way my spirit guide showed it to me was they were filling their cup, filling their cup, filling their cup naturally so that they were on track to get exactly what they want. But all the back chatter deducts, 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 deducts. And so they never get a full cup. And so what it came down to is just stop the back chatter. And so a part of helping yourself believe is looking at all of the thoughts running through your mind at any given moment. Are they moving you towards what you want or taking you away from? And yeah, we get gazillions of thoughts. I mean, I know somebody tried to quantify it. I know there's, there's language out there. It's like, we get 10,000 thoughts a day, probably but let's just call it a gazillion thoughts a day. No, you can't monitor all of that. I think that would actually render you insane to do that. It's just acknowledging the ones you're buying into, holding on to, investing energy in, letting it make you feel bad. So you might have the negative thought, right? So the negative thought might be, you should have done this, Right? You sit down to, to relax at the end of the day and they're like, well, you should go and clean the kitchen. So it's catching that and saying, do I really need to clean the kitchen right now? Is life going to be over if I don't clean the kitchen? Am I a bad person? Is that taking away from? So you are countering it as it's happening and it can be really quick. It's just being aware. That's it. Just being aware. That's so interesting. I just got to notice that I have five new podcasts up, but I only posted four. <laughs> Let's take a look at this. Um, I just want to make sure. Yeah, it's right. Okay. So back to believing. So you can have exactly what you asked for. You just got to release all the shit that's telling you you can't have it. And that takes some time and you might circle back and circle back to it. Next is decide. You have to decide you are worthy and deserving of what you desire. You have to decide that. There's no proving that to yourself. You just have to make that decision. I've talked about that many times on this program. And you also have to decide that you're going to be in the right place at the right time to manifest your ideal outcome. Because once you decide, then it happens. You don't have to maneuver and, and plot and scheme. You just decide, I'm worthy, I'm deserving, and I'm going to be in the right place at the right time, period. And then next, act, right? You got to do your part. I talk a lot about action because I'm really good at action. This is the step I do very well. 
take action as you are intuitively inspired and guided. And if you keep your heart open, you will be compelled into right action. It will just, you'll be like, oh, I got to do this thing. I know this is the next right step. Okay, I got to move here. And then in the process of, of taking action, there will be a flow and you just move with it. And then naturally, because we're human, resistance will come up. They'll be like, no, you shouldn't take any action today. No, no, you shouldn't do that. Mm -mm. It's scary. Don't do it. Oh, that's so painful. I don't want to look at that thing. That's the resistance, right? And you just have to acknowledge, oh, hi, resistance. That's who showed up. Thank you. And you keep going. Stephen Pressfield. I've been, I've been talking about resistance for the last six months, and, and I keep forgetting his name. I finally remember it. Stephen Pressfield talks very extensively about resistance as it relates to the creative process. So if you're finding that you are really struggling with staying consistent, his work is brilliant. But what he says, and I've studied his work as well, is that it's always going to show up. Oh my God, he is so right. I'm starting book five in my novel series and I'm like oh my god it feels like the first time I've ever done this like right that's all just resistance and what I find is you acknowledge it and then you have fun with it so I really sit with it and I ask myself okay you know I don't like to do things the same way <laughs> uh so I, I take a whole nother approach. I'm like, okay, I did book four like that and book two like that and book one like that. What fun way can I do book five? And I set myself up in a different way. That's how I've been able to maneuver resistance around creative work is just be in beginner's mind. I think when we go into, oh, I should know this already. It is like death. It is. It kills all of our enthusiasm. Like, just be in beginner's mind. And here's what's so beautiful, is it's not really beginner's mind. It's not like you're a novice, so you have all that brilliant wisdom from all the times you've done it before, but then now you get to approach it with this fresh, light, excited way of being. And all of that wisdom gets to come with you. I think I said it, I don't know if I said it on this podcast, I probably did, I think recently, actually, <laughs> um, is it's like starting kindergarten with a PhD. How fucking awesome, right? Like, you get to relearn the letters and writing and talking and interacting, plus you have this beautiful wisdom going with you. And if you can hold two and not let your ego get in the way, of, oh my God, I'm so terrible, or, oh my God, I know that already. If you can let, if you can quiet that part of yourself, it can be a wonderful adventure uh, taking action, right? So acknowledge your resistance and then do it anyway. There's another little piece I wanted to say about taking action. Don't listen to other people. This is the other piece. All the wisdom is already within you. So in this class that I did, which was so fucking phenomenal, like everybody had a goal that they were working on. And so we ended the the last exercise my spirit guides gave me to give them is write out what, what would be the steps to get there, right? Here's this thing they believed was eluding them at the beginning of the four weeks. And at the end, they could give themselves a whole download of what to do. And I know I could feel that they weren't even fully acknowledging that they're sitting in front of their pot of gold. They gave themselves their own pot of gold, right? So what gets in the way of us receiving the download that tells us exactly what to do to get what we want is comparing ourselves to other people and then listening to other people. And what I mean by that is listening to people who are not doing what you're doing. It is like it will kill all of your motivation. It will leave you feeling terrible and bad and upset and wrong. 
Do not listen to anybody who's not doing what you are doing. Their perspective doesn't matter. If you're in business and somebody's trying to give you business advice, quote unquote, but they're not in business and they probably wouldn't buy your product anyway, they're not the people to be listening to. The bummer is, is those are usually the people in our immediate circles. And so we think that, that their wisdom carries some type of weight, but it doesn't. So action is actually very, very easy when you stay grounded and centered and you listen to yourself. <laughs> but are we human and is it easy to get swept up in what other people are doing and comparing ourselves to other people and thinking we're behind and we're not on trend and yeah, totally. Totally. It's so easy. It's so easy. I mean, I, I think I told you in the spring, I had joined a, a romance writers group that was like more on the, the manifesting side. And, you know, they had some, you know, we did these meditations and conversations and, and then, you know, they were just running with whatever trend, like, okay, meditation for your TikTok. If you're into TikTok, by all means, do it. If you're not, don't do it. If you're into whatever you're into, do it. Yeah, if that happens to be the trend, but just always know the trend's gonna change. So make sure you're soulful about it. And if you want to be a person that chases trends, maybe that's your personality. So one of the, the spiritual teachers I follow, um, she chases trends all the time. She's always, ch every year her business model is different. And I realize that's her personality. She likes that. And so do what feels right and true to you, but don't feel like you have to do something to get a particular result. That's also will kill your motivation and, and disconnect you from your intuition. So trust yourself, trust the wisdom that's already within you, and then you'll be able to take action with ease. Next, you gotta know it's done. You gotta know it's done. So the next step is know. Know it's done, know it's on its way to you, know that it's yours, know that your request has been heard and will be honored, and know why what you want matters to you. So, I heard a wonderful teacher describe it this way. You know, a manifestation we're always talking about, it's like, put your order into the universe. But she described it a little bit differently. She's like, it's a, like being at your favorite restaurant and you picked out your favorite dish and you're super excited about it. And you tell the waiter exactly what you want with all your modifications. And the waiter goes in the back and puts the order in. And then every time the waiter comes by, you're like, hey, 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 let me reorder again. Uh, is it working? Are they working on it? What are they doing? That is when you are not knowing that it's done, that it's on its way to you, that it's yours, that your request has been heard. And that, you know, just focus on, I'm going to have this delicious thing. It's going to be so good. I know it's going to be so good. It's going to be so amazing. I know why I want it. I know I want those flavors. I know I want how that makes that buttery bun, if that's the thing you're going for. I know what those sauces are going to taste like. Like, get excited about the desire as if it's already yours, yes, and know why you're excited and know it's done. Know it's going to appear in front of you at the perfect time and in the perfect way. Got it? So no, know it's done. Next, feel. Uh, this is the, the step that is buzzing in internet land. And this is where alignment comes into play. Um, feel the feelings of it being yours comes into play. Being a vibrational match comes into play. So feel, intensely feel as if you already have the essence of what you want. Match or align your energy with the energy of your desire. Generally, positive or high vibrational feelings 
align with what you want. So if you're in joy, you're aligning with your desire. If you're feeling free, you're aligning with your desire. If you're feeling peace, you're aligning with your desire. If you're feeling optimistic, you're aligning with your desire. If you're worrying, you're not aligning with your desire. If you're in fear, you're not aligning with your desire. If you're beating yourself up and feeling bad and feeling wrong and feeling guilt and feeling shame, you're not aligning with your desire. And I want to go as far as to say you're deducting from your cup. Now, this is where people can get a little off track with this notion of deducting from the cup, your lower feelings. They happen. We are human. No one says you can't ever have a negative feeling. It's that you don't sit in it. If you don't sit in the lower negative feeling for long periods of time, it's not deducting from your cup. It's when you are holding so tightly to that negative feeling, that negative thought, that negative way of being, when it starts to deduct from your cup. And honestly, if we backtrack, when we're feeling bad, wrong, sad, we don't want to take any action. We want to sit on the couch. We want to zone out. We want to engage our bad behaviors. We don't want to take action towards our dreams. And so I'm going to take a sip of water here. So it just takes you completely out of the game. That's why it doesn't work. That's why it's deducting from your cup. So one more time, because I know there's somebody who's going to be like, well, I was feeling really crummy all weekend. I get it. Feel crummy. But know why you're feeling crummy. Explore what that crumminess is trying to teach you or tell you. And reach for feeling better. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Spirit sees all your effort. But just reach for feeling better. So... Yeah, I had a thing this weekend where um, I'm pretty good. Like, like I don't let a lot of people have access to me um, when I'm working on a manifestation. And I'm really focused on my energy. I seal myself off, right? Pretty, mm, I want to be clear here because I know somebody's going to hear this and be like, what? Um, so the way I do it or the way I approach it is that anything that could come in that would, because I am so sensitive, that is unpredictable. Of course, I use all my spiritual resources. I put shields around myself, particularly when I'm in a manifesting space. I'm very clear about who gets to have access to me. <laughs> you know, um, and that, you know, yeah. And they're just very clear. You know, I don't, I don't take the call. I don't do certain things during that time because I want to keep my vibe high, right? And so I I I thought someone was on the the good list and uh they came in with something just dirty. Dirty energy 100% that took me completely out by surprise. It was more that I felt blindsided, right? Like I was like, oh, woo, wow, was not prepared for that at all. And that is life, you know, people come up with some wacky stuff. And so I'm not making myself wrong. I had, you know, I did everything in my power to prevent that type of energy coming into my life. Um, but in this situation, it came in and it came in fast. It was just like, I picked up the phone. It was like, Phew. and so I was like, oh God, that felt gross. And it took me, you know, my whole plan for the weekend, what I thought was going to be like a, hey, how you doing call, just really took me out of my energetic state. And so as, as I was looking around at it and, and I was feeling my feelings about it and I was exploring it and trying to get a grasp on it, I don't think that was deducting from my cup, right? Because I was reaching for the positive feeling, even though as I was processing it, even as it was feeling funky, even as it was feeling weird, I was still acknowledging like, hey, you're good, Amy, you're, you're good. It's okay. It's okay. All right. What is, that? you know, so I don't think just because something negative happens, oh, now that means you're not going to manifest what you want. Um, and I do think everything is serving us always, 
Right. And there will be the things that are unpredictable. I don't think God is so strict with us or spirit is so strict with us or energy is so strict with us that one little slip up, you're not going to get what you want. I think that's silly. I think everything is always serving you. So explore it. If something funky shows up that takes you out of your high vibe, explore it and then get back to high vibe. Because in the process of getting back to high vibe, all the heavenly helpers showed up to support me. All the synchronicities that I needed to keep me on track showed up. All the miracles and magic showed up. So now it's not only did I have this thing happen, and as I'm reaching for going back for that high vibrational feeling and processing what I'm going through and how I'm feeling, why did this show up? All that. <laughs> then I also got to see the miracle of spirit. And things that I may, you know, I was going to do something based on that call. I was going to do something that I probably wouldn't have done. And I kid you not, like it, it was going to require an investment of money. Every time I put the payment in, it got rejected. Like, like it just, they would send me the money back. And I even called it the, the company and was like, Hey, I keep trying to put this in. And it keeps returning the money back to me. And so after the second time it happened, I was like, okay. All right, Spirit, I get it. 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 This was not necessary. This was the fallout of that call. I'm moving on. So I got to see the brilliance of Spirit on my side, working for my greater good. And that felt fantastic. So you can always get the back to a high vibrational state even if something weird shows up in your world, you can always get back to it. And, and it's not about ignoring the feeling. It's just being with it, acknowledging it, observing it, seeing how it's serving you and keep reaching for the feeling. Keep reaching for, okay, how can I get my energy back to light? How can I get my energy back to light? It's not bypassing. So there are... There is a nuance to this and that I think where people can sometimes get in their own way without even knowing it is they're trying to just be like, okay, I'm going back to feeling positive. No, come on. No. Even Abraham Hicks, when they talk about the emotional guidance skill, they say you might have to go step by step to get back up. Who cares? Do it, right? Just don't tell yourself a story that your manifestation is over and it's not going to happen. It's all serving you. So feeling, I talked a lot about feeling because it's so popular to talk about feeling. <sighs> you know, here's my thought on the feeling piece. I think when we do those exercises, maybe you're in a program or something where you're like, feel the feelings of it already being yours. I, I think that can be really great, but I can also think it's, it, I think it's kind of can be artificial. Because, you know, the word joy probably sounds really good. Like, oh, I would be in joy. And you probably will be on some level. I think it's best to focus just on feeling good, that, which is, again, how Abraham Hicks described it. I, I think, you know, I've looked at all different nuances of it. Um, and even the teachers, to be honest with you, the teachers that talk about feeling the feelings of it being yours, when you really delve into their work and you listen to them talk, they're not talking about feeling, you know? Um, so I think it's different for every person. I think we can write a lot of happy words on a piece of paper, but it, it doesn't become real until you start to make it real. And what, and what might be joy and exuberance for somebody else might be something completely different for you. And so just be willing to go on the journey. Make it real in your mind. Use a visualization technique or something to tap into it to the very best of your ability. And don't think it needs to be licky, skippy, twirly, loopy. That's the feeling. <laughs> it could just be you're like, man, that feels like relief and that feels like calm. And, you know, I'm kind of giggling and I'm definitely saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let that be enough. 
So feeling the feelings and vibrational alignment and high vibrational, I'm into all of that. Like I'm using this. I think that we can overuse it and we think that we're reaching from for something that that is we have never experienced before. We've all experienced it. You get something that you want. We've all experienced that feeling. That's what you're tapping into. I think what the way it needs to be explained is you're not feeling bad. <laughs> you just got what you want. You're not feeling bad, right? So what would so so avoid to the very best of your ability in the most soulful and and inspired way. Avoid feeling bad. Now, is feeling bad a part of the journey? Yes. You just don't stay there, right? So I think that's my new, <laughs> I just spent the last four years chasing this feeling, the feeling and vibrational alignment. And really it just comes down to is if you just got something that you wanted, you sure as hell aren't feeling bad. You're probably feeling good. So just feel good, right? So it's it, you don't have to like name the exact feeling because yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think I'm pretty sophisticated on the various feelings and I can honestly say it's just feel good, right? And I think the feeling is doing your best to stay in a feel good state. Okay, I've ranted about that. Let's talk about the next one. Commit. You got to commit to it. You got to commit to it. You got to remain passionately devoted to manifesting your truest desire. You have to remain passionately devoted to the truest desire. The fact that you want it means it's possible. You make it a reality by your willingness to accept nothing less than what you truly seek to be, do, or have. Now, in this section is where hmm, my spirit guides are saying, tell them what uncommitted looks like. Okay. So I was, I'm go, I was, I was already going here, but I'm going to tell you about it from this vantage point. My spirit guides are, they want me to teach it a little bit differently. So being uncommitted to your truest desire looks like settling. Any form of settling, compromising, I'm not talking about like the general healthy compromise. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going against your desire because you think it's not going to happen, right? Or accepting just whatever swung your way. That is not being committed. I had this happen <laughs> this weekend. I was talking to a man and it was just really meant to just be like, hey, how you doing? Get to know that, you know? And we talked enough that I was pretty clear that like he wasn't husband material. Was he a cool guy? Absolutely. Was he fun? Yes. Did I want to ride off into the sunset with him? Absolutely not. And why? Because he didn't match what I wanted. And it was pretty clear, you know, we start talking about retirement and his perspective on retirement is, was completely different than mine. Well, we can't be happily ever after in our mid, in middle age if we don't have similar plans for retirement. We can't be happily ever after if for me, you know, I love homes. I love my big financial goals. He didn't really have those. And that doesn't make him wrong under any circumstance, but it would be detrimental to my well-being to engage that. Been on the planet enough to know that about myself. So even though he's cool, even though I enjoyed him, even though we have a pleasant, we had pleasant conversation, all those things. If I were to continue to go down the road of romantic happily ever after with him, that would be decommitting or uncommitting to my truest desire. And that's what it looks like. And he even said to me the next day we were texting. He's like, well, Amy, <laughs> relationships are like that. And I'm like, not in my world. I get it that they are in yours. But even that, like if, if even if I engage that, it would be uncommitting to my truest desire for happy, living, healthy, lasting, romantic partnership. Because I saw the writing on the wall. That was, if I, you know, I don't believe love conquers all when there are fundamental differences between two people. That's my thought. 
on that. So I'm using relationship and a relationship goal or a relationship desire as the model here, the example. But we decommit from goals all the time where you said you wanted I've been doing it with houses in Los Angeles because the neighborhood I want to live in. <laughs> and as much as I want to spend, I'm not seeing what I want yet. My spare guides were telling me that today before I start recording podcasts. They're like, Amy, you haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet. But so then I start looking in other neighborhoods and I was like, oh, that doesn't feel the same way. <laughs> but but I I would get more for my money. I would get more of the type of place that I want. So I have two choices. I can be willing to increase my budget or I can take less, you know, I can go with the the lesser amount in a different neighborhood. And I'm just like, well, God, I I don't want to do either of those. And Spirit's like, you don't have to just stay committed to the desire. Stay committed to the desire because I don't know how God's going to work it out, right? There can be the the most perfect place and I'm in the right place at the right time, which I've already decided, right? That I'm in the right place at the right time and I get the perfect price. And then then I hear for probably for the rest of my life, how did you find such a great place in this neighborhood at this price? I'm like, because I believed it was possible and I didn't settle for less than what I desire. That is how you make the impossible happen, is your commitment to it, being all in. Don't settle for less than what you want. Again, this isn't healthy compromise. Healthy compromise, cool, yeah, that's a way of relating to the world and and accepting. But if you know it's a fundamental desire, again, I, I have a fundamental desire for, again, all due respect to this gentleman, for a man who's very ambitious, equally as ambitious as I am. And so this guy told me straight out, he's like, I'm not. And, 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 and he was already like plotting out. He's like, Oh, I, you know, I'd be a great house husband. Anybody that knows me knows that I don't want that at all, <laughs> at all. <laughs> I've already done that. And it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. And so if I were to engage him, even though he's cool, even though he's nice to me, even though he thought I was just the greatest thing ever, I would be decommitting to my desire. And it's also a way of saying, my spirit guides are jumping, it's also a way of saying, I don't fully believe that God can give me what I want. They're taking they're taking it even further. I don't really believe in God. Because if we really believe in our higher power, if we really believe in something bigger than ourselves, then we know there's no reason to settle. We know that miracles and magic happen all the time, right? So commit it. Stay committed to the desire, which means you're not settling for less. And I know it can be easy to... You're not seeing results and you're feeling like, well, is it really meant for me? And maybe somebody said something to you that made you think like, oh, is that even possible for me? I get it. It can be really, really easy to say, well, I'm just going to take this right now. And sometimes that's necessary if it's leading you somewhere and you feel it in your being and you get it and you see it's all a part of your journey. But if you're just taking something, because you're bored or because you're scared or because you're at the edge of your faith or because it's making you feel good temporarily. It's always going to be a temporary feel good, a settle that any, like, especially for people who date, if you're settling on your list and that initial like fireworks, it's so temporary so temporary it it really is like a fix like it's you know you're like high for an hour and then it's done right so I'm talking about sustainable feel good if you're really all into that and you're staying aware 
you can stay committed. Because let's go back to the story with this guy. I, I was willing to be friends with him and like, you know, enjoy his, you know, have a conversation and stuff. It just wasn't going to be happily ever after. And, and he kept saying, he's like, well, I want you to consider me as an option. And I was like, no, I'm not going to consider you as an option, but I think you're fantastic. I did. I think he's a great human. Um, but what I had done in that moment was I had already put the boundaries up. And matter of fact, as I was going to bed and I was thinking about it, it's like, oh God, I figured out this boundary thing when it comes to romantic relationships. I was not going to let my mind engage happily ever after. It wasn't. <laughs> and it's empowering. It's freeing. It feels so good. You feel strong. And because so many people with codependent tendencies look and listen to my show, I promise you, if you learn how to set boundaries in your own mind and you commit to your desires without wavering, it gives you your power back. That yearning, nasty feeling. And you know, I'm, I'm, it's nasty, but you know what I mean. It's like, oh, oh, it's like, oh, oh, that that feeling. I'm putting it in sound, but it goes away, and it's not a reflection of you. It's not a reflection of anybody else. You can be in this most neutral, beautiful, loving space because you stuck to who you are. So commit to your desire without settling. And I do believe people with codependent tendencies tend to settle a lot, a lot. And then they justify it. And then they're trying to control things that they don't have control over because they feel so terrible. So I'm saying let's rewrite the whole script and just go for what you really want. And if it's not what you really want, just say no. And I know there's somebody saying, but Amy, isn't that mean? No, it would be mean for us to engage things that are not in alignment with our truth. So going back to this man, like, honestly, that, you know, we, we spoke the next day and I could feel like he was a bit hurt that I was saying like, no, I don't see it as we have different. I just told him straight. I'm like, logistically, it just wouldn't work. We, you have a different vision for retirement than I have. And so I left it at that. And I could feel as we were engaging, like I could feel like his kind of, I don't know, the sadness, I guess, you know, that yearning thing, you know, when you're, you're not, you know, um, and I also could say I'm not responsible for that. I have to take care of myself. Right. And it, and it made it easy to say, oh, you know, trying to be friends with him would would not be for anybody's greater good. A, because it's not fun for me, because I, I can feel like, well, why aren't you choosing me instead of just focusing on like fun shit to talk about, right? So, yeah. Yeah. You get to do this the way you want to do it. And just because somebody else is feeling their feelings, when you're choosing you, you don't take it on that they're feeling their feel. I didn't take it on. Mm -mm, I did not. I was like, and it wasn't, I was just like, no, I guess we can't really be friends. Cool. There are billions of people on this planet, right? You know, it's, it's my thought. Like, you know, I, I, again, I know somebody who, who is still, who's still working through understanding their codependency. It's like, Amy, that's so mean. No, it's not. No, it's not. You have to honor you first. Everything good comes from that place. Because setting this man free, he probably just met the woman of his dreams right after. Because he's like open, he's ready, something was unlocked in him, and I get to continue on, right? Like, it's a win-win for all those involved when you stay committed to your truest desire. Where pain gets involved, where hurt gets involved, where stress gets involved is when you are trying to look at it from a win-lose perspective. And, um, and I find in those situations, you wind up, even when you are trying to be a good person, quote unquote, you wind up losing. So stick with your desire, stay committed to your desire no matter what.
it is possible for you. It will happen. We're not in control of how it happens and we're not con in control of when it happens. All we have to do is just be present in our life. And we're not present if we're engaging something that is less than what we want. Okay, let's talk about receiving. Receiving is still an energy that I am learning, uh, but I, I'm obsessed with, with learning about it and what it is and how it feels. So gently shift into the energy of receiving. So in the manifestation process, you will shift inevitably into the energy of receiving. And this is where you're in gratitude for all that you have. We all know, like those of us that are manifestors, when you've successfully manifested something, you know there is that moment where everything starts to feel, it hasn't showed up yet. Your desire hasn't showed up, but you feel light and you feel joyful. And it's like the way I, I can best describe it when I see it, it's like, I'm on a walk and I'm listening to my favorite Dave Matthews music and I'm dancing and just enjoying life. And, uh, it, you know, it's a beautiful landscape. Like that feeling is receiving. But we rarely let ourselves get there, right? Uh, because we're like, well, I'm working on the thing. I got to do all this things and stuff to get what I want. And I, where is it? Is it going to show up on time? And so I want to encourage you if you're a person that, struggles with receiving, particularly if you're an overgiver, you probably str struggle with receiving. Remember what it feels like. Remember what it felt like the last time you manifested something right before it came through and how good and how light and how present you were in that moment. You're in gratitude. You're noticing all the signs that everything's working in your favor. Even the negative stuff, you see that it serves you. You're relaxed. You're, you're open. You're optimistic. You're curious. You're just, yeah, life is good, right? And even if it's just 20 minutes, <laughs> that's enough. Yeah, my spirit guides keep saying, like, it, it's not a, a lengthy thing. And it's not a, oh, I got to be in receiving for 20 minutes a day. It's just, remember, because manifestation is a process, right? It's a dance. It's that infinity. It's around and around and around and around. And so in that around and around and around and around, there's a moment where you need to shift into receiving. And it's, and I'd say the best way to do that is to start practicing being the person who has what you want. Just start being the person who has what you want. Because so in my class, as we were talking about, you know, we were talking about beating ourselves up because we didn't do something, right? And I said, said to the group, I'm like, well, with the person who has your desire, would they be having this conversation right now? And everybody said no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that is your sign. And that's practicing being the person who has what you want. So if you, let's say it is the multi-million dollar goal, right? And you took a weekend off. And um, you're like, oh, I should have done all this stuff. I didn't do all this stuff. I should have done all this stuff. Ask yourself, what would my multi-million dollar self do? And in that, you have to be realistic because there is, of course, this like thought that like, well, my million dollar self wouldn't work at all. No, your million dollar self knows work works. So they will do their work. Right? It's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love having that conversation with people and they're like, well, Amy, my million would wouldn't even be in this. I'm like, yeah, they would. How would they act in this situation? Um, I think we, I mean, well, then that's a conversation too. You've made up a version of yourself that is improbable. It doesn't mean you can't have all of that, but the, but the ways of it coming together are improbable. And so that's what's getting in the way of you manifesting. If you think your millionaire self doesn't work at all and just sits on the couch and eats bonbons, you're a lion. But if you also think your million dollar self is running around like a chicken and never rests and never takes time, you're also lying to yourself, right? And so it's finding the balance 
And as you start to play with what that balance would be, you are practicing being the person who has what you want. And that puts you in the energy of receiving. Okay, next step is detach. Detach. And it's funny, when I first started teaching on this podcast, thousand, almost a thousand podcasts ago, I would talk about detachment all the time. And then I started studying a lot of the newer teachers and they weren't talking about detachment. And now I am back to detachment because I was like, fuck, I'm so good at detachment. Why am I not good at it anymore? Uh, <laughs> and, and I think it's just I had to reintroduce myself to detachment. Detachment is fully embracing the mystery of the process. It's being okay with not knowing when and how something's going to happen. Emphasis on you're okay with that. You're okay. You're not trying to control all the little details because I do think some of the newer teachers, uh, I learned from Louise. And, and when I listen to Louise talk about manifestation, it's, it's a very generalized energy. You're still clear about what you want, but it's from this more general perspective. Same with Abraham Hicks. I love being specific about what you want, but you in that process, you must balance being specific about what you want without being super specific about how it's going to happen. You do your part, you show up, you trust your intuition, but you're not obsessed with, I got to do this, I got to do that, because if I don't do this, this has to mean this. I, I mean, I, I just heard a, randomly found this woman talking about numbers and she was talking about how when she started her business, she thought she needed to have a thousand people in her Facebook group to hit her income goals. And she got so obsessed with that. She said she she deleted the group. Like she had to just delete the group. And she had way less people following her somewhere else. And she made more money. because she Because what she was drawing in the type of people she was drawing in was based on that energy of I've got to get this to get this, right? And she found, she's like, well, it's not aligning with, the people weren't aligning with my teaching, so they weren't going to buy what I had to offer anyway. And so that's that's what happens with detachment is that you stop making things mean things about things. You just let it be. You let it be. You let it be. And it just is. It just is. Whatever you're inspired to do, you just do it. However way you need to do it, you just do it. You know, I, I was talking to a client um, some months back. We were talking about um, Amanda Francis. And I had taken a class with her. And in the class she was talking, she was teaching us about all the various ways to grow a following on Instagram. And I... I I appreciate Amanda's perspective because she's a true, true manifestation teacher in the sense that she will say, it's just whatever it is that you want it to be. So it's, she's not associating how much she can earn with how many followers she has on Instagram, but she recognizes Instagram is a way to reach people who would be into what she has to offer. And so she said she had set a goal that she wanted to grow her Instagram following and she wind up using a service that follows people back. It's basically what we, you know, what we were doing anyway, if you were active on Instagram at that time. I don't think that it works as effectively. It may still now, but I mean, I don't really care. But anyway, so she was teaching how to, you know, they have these various services that, and who knows if they still do, like they, they take control of your, your page and they follow people back for you. They comment on things for you. And it's uh, it's a bot almost like thing. So I was telling a client about this because she was really wanting to grow her Instagram. And I said, hey, this might be an option. I'm taking this class. I heard this. I'm not really interested in that. Um, but this might be beneficial to you. And she said to me, well, Amy, that's not real. And I'm like, it is. It's just instead of you sitting there and doing that for hours, you just paid somebody to do it for you. Or this, yeah, somebody, because somebody invented this technology so that it can do it for you. But Amy, it's not real. And I said, well, now you're making something mean something that doesn't need to mean something. 
you're too attached. And that is the surefire way to get in, in the way of your manifestation. I, I've been telling myself for, for the last couple of years, I'm like, I guess I just really don't get surrender. But I realize now I'm like, oh, it's just detachment. And detachment means that this or something better, right? If, it, if this doesn't happen, I know something better is going to happen. And I've always believed that. Like, if I don't get married again, I'm like, I'm going to live a very happy life, <laughs> you know, which means I know that, that I'm so committed to that that I'm like, well, it's still going to be fucking amazing. Uh, I know I'll get married because I can feel it in my body. It's not this clingy, gotta have it. If it doesn't happen, my life is over sensation. So that's detachment. It's being okay with the fact it hasn't shown up while still believing it will show up at the perfect time in the perfect way. And that even if it doesn't happen, you know, you're still going to be okay. And you can move with gladness, knowing that you are now living the unfolding of your desire, this or something better. I will say it's much harder to do around for me. Anyway, for me, it's harder to do around money we need money to live right that's the story i've been telling myself that's so hard to do around money but then i was like well i, I was drawn to my mom always says the scripture to me and i recently looked it up because i think with all due respect to her i think she's misusing it she's right to some degree but there was there as i thought there was more nuance to it because i was like well that just doesn't seem to be true because that's not the way it's showing up so it's philippians 4:19 if you're a biblical person and even if you've not you've probably heard this um let's see 4:19 so philippians 4:19 is and my god will meet all my needs according to the riches and glory in jesus christ So really, it, the the quote my mom always says to me is, well, Amy, God will supply all your needs. God says he'll supply all your needs. Well, I mean, as I was really researching at what <laughs> the, the, the author of this section really meant, uh, Paul, it was Paul writing it. And um, it, it's a little more nuanced than that. It's not just, oh, all your needs are going to be met without fail right? Which will make you feel like a failure if your needs aren't being met. It was really that God gives you what you need in the moment. So it goes back to the concept I've been talking about a lot. Everything's always serving you always. So even if something bad shows up, it's meeting a need, right? Because if that helps you grow in strength, if it helps you grow in perseverance, if it helps you overcome a limiting way of being, like I know I recently I discovered Anytime I had to deal with a, a particular financial issue in my life, I would start to feel really uncomfortable and nervous and like, you know, I, I feel very out of control in the situation. I was like, huh, how is this serving me? Right. And I realized that the, the way I combat it now, the way I'm working through it is that I can't put it on the, the back burner. I can't ignore that feeling. I have to proceed. And so not only is it helping me overcome that feeling in that particular area, but what I'm replacing it with is bravery and courage and knowing that I will be provided for. It might not look the way I want it to look, but if I show up and I do my part and I do it in a, in a timely manner, and when I say timely manner, I'm not controlling timing. It's that I had a tendency because all those bad feelings would come up to put it on the back burner. So when I'm not putting it on the back burner, I'm saying this gets done right away. I'm not letting this feeling keep me from my blessing. Oh, it makes me unstoppable. Right? So, so that's where your needs are always being met whatever you need, because for me to do all the things I want to do, I have to overcome this. There has to be a degree of bravery and strength and courage. And this is no big deal-ness within me. And so
as I've been playing with that idea. Yeah, you're going to get what you need. You're going to get what you need. It will manifest. What you want will manifest. It may not look the way you want it to look, but the essence will be there. The essence will be there. And, and you know, my spirit guides are saying, and tell them, like, the reason why you're feeling all those feelings is because it's not looking the way you want it to look. You're making yourself wrong <laughs> for it not looking the way you want it to look instead of accepting that, hey, this is the way God's going to bless it, bless you through this, right? It's because I got too attached to the outside perspective instead of focusing on the essence of the desire, which really, ultimately, I just want that to be fulfilled. Like, I just want that to be taken care of. So if this is the way it's being taken care of, then I engage it, right? And so I think this is why we struggle with detachment or surrender, which I, I don't like that word. I just don't. I think it's not fun. Um, but detaching is embracing the mystery. It's being okay with the mystery. It's still being happy, knowing that it's all unfolding for your greater good, even if you're not seeing the exact result you want to see, and being in the space of this or something better. And it'll either be that or something better. The essence will be that or something better. So one more time, the manifestation process is not linear. All the steps work together. Think of it like a dance. It's a swirling mystical experience. And all you have to do is be present for all the twists and turns. And so if you need to circle back to believing, if you need to recommit, if you see yourself going down the road that's not in alignment with your desire, it is calling yourself back. It's all of this. And you can't get it wrong as, late, as long as you stay on the journey. Yeah? Okay. Well, I did an hour podcast. When have I ever done an hour podcast in a while? Hey, I'm Amy of intuitivecoachingwithamy.com. I just talked about the manifestation process. <clears throat> and I help people do this. I help people go on this journey in the stance and I help them create what they want. Truly create what they want. So if you want help with that and you want an intuitive in your back pocket who can read energy accurately, then consider my services intuitivecoachingwithamy.com. Thank you so much for listening to this show. I look forward to talking to you again. Take care.